Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Talk Recorded live.
All right, we're back. As we were talking about earlier, the uh, Hulk Hogan uh, stuff is 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 dominating the news in wrestling right now. And uh, we're going to bring in King Firehawk. We're going to debate some things. I actually thought about when we first talked about doing this show, King Firehawk and I, um, I actually thought it was going to be more of a debate. But... Um, you know, reflecting on it for a few days and gathering all the information that's out there. Um, it's kind of softened my position a bit uh, with Hogan. Yeah, I'm not 100% on his side, but um, it is. It has something to do with the times we live in now. How how harshly he's being treated. And um, I think as time goes on, um, people may soften their position uh, with the whole in things, which I think they should. I mean, you know, everybody has their moments of weakness. They go through things. Um, and... Uh, you know, you take a step back and you think about it. If you were in his shoes, um, could you be caught in that position too? Um, most people are going to tell you no, but uh, we know human nature says that's probably false. So you move on. Um, you just hope that it was the one recording and it doesn't come out that there's multiple instance, instances like this because I think that will... Uh, pretty much end the discussion and end the um the debate on um how harsh um everything really is. But having said that, um some of the criticism of WWE is uh unfair. And I think that's where uh our debate will probably uh take place. Um just because certain things are said in the past or done in the past or there's certain um, feelings on uh, racial issues in the company um, doesn't necessarily uh, display hypocrisy here when you look at it from a business perspective. And I think that's uh, pretty much where the uh, WWE was going with all this. Like I said, just a few moments here where I have King Firehawk, and we're going to get into all that. And I think it'll be a good debate. Um, you know, it's always tough in these situations debating with Hulk and Maniacs because their, uh, their view on the situation may be a little bit skewed. I'm half kidding there, but we all get that way. I mean, you've seen it just today with all the uh, Patriot garbage and the Brady garbage. I mean... When you're a fan of somebody or a fan of a team, you you tend to um, maybe look at situations with blinders on. And when you step back and uh, look at it from uh, maybe just the common man's perspective, uh, you, you, you tend to look at things a tad bit differently. But again, we'll get into all that and uh, just see how it goes here. There's just so much going on in the world of wrestling. 
sports world, it's the world in general is just amazing. You can almost do a podcast every day on a different subject. Your people probably get sick of hearing your voice every day. Then again, you never know, because there are very successful talk shows out there where you hear the person every day. But I think doing a show once or twice a week kind of gives uh, people um, something to look forward to in a sense. Again, there's just a few strong ones. We'll have uh, King Firehawk, Pat Crowley, the uh, the brains, so to speak, of the uh, 1640 PWPR operation. And we're going to get into Polkamania and uh, maybe what the future holds or short-term, long-term now we're going to get into the whole, the teeth, the teeth of the issues. Again, when we first uh, talked about doing this, I thought it would be more of a debate. Again, my uh, position has softened a bit. But you never know what um, what things will be brought up to, uh, to debate about. So it's kind of, uh, it's kind of we're going to wing it and see how it all goes here. Here we go, and we are going to lock him in. Just now, we're going to uh, bring King Firehawk on the show, my good buddy, the uh, the brains behind the operation here at 1640. Uh, we're going to debate a little Hogan. Uh, who knows what we'll get into. If my little button will work here. King Firehawk, are you with us? Thank you. 
Team Firehawk. Are you with us? There's right, you. Oh, you there? Hey, what's up? <laughs> All right, let me redo that open there. I don't know what the hell happened. Okay. <laughs> All right, first time at this one, so uh, technical difficulty. All right, once again, we're going to go out to the phone. We have my good buddy, the Brains Mind 1640 PWPR. King Firehawk's on the line. King Firehawk, how you doing? How you doing, AC? What's up, my good man? I'm doing good. Uh, so you want to get into this uh, Hogan issue here, get into the teeth of it? I, I got to be honest with you. When uh, when we first talked about doing this, uh, uh, I've kind of softened my position since then, you know, after reflecting on it and kind of gathering all the information. So um, I'm not sure how hardcore the debate's going to be, but you never know uh, where it'll take us. And uh, I'll, I'll lose the floor to you in the beginning here. Uh, you know, what's your thoughts on this issue? Well, you know, it's funny because I've been on so many shows the last couple of days that my voice is killing me. <laughs> I feel like I'm Hulk Hogan's lawyer. but uh, And, you know, I've been on a couple of shows here on 1640 PWPR. I did uh, Joe, Joe White's show, New Surge Live, and thank you for having me on AC. I'm here. As, you know, I'm never going to get tired of ho- talking about Hogan. But let's do this. Let me Let me give you... And all you guys uh, listening, the proper timeline, right? And then we can we can go we can start tearing apart this timeline because the one thing I want to be clear on is I absolutely agree with those who feel totally upset by uh, Hulk Hogan's choice of words because yes, those words are horrible and those words hurt many people whether I like it or not or anyone else likes it or not, they're they're hurtful. But there's a there's a lot of fake outrage, a lot of overreaction and a lot of not understanding where Hulk Hogan was in this day. Now, breaking down the timeline for you, in no means am I trying to to say that Hulk Hogan himself uh should get a jail get out of jail free card. But however he committed no crime, but he's been erased from history of wrestling at the moment. And uh, this is definitely not sitting well with me. And it's why it's hard to just focus in on his horrible moments because of all the bullshit around it, I think, is my problem. But here's the timeline, and then I'll let you start. After I get the timeline, you bring up whatever way you want to go from the timeline, all right? So we'll do it all that right, way. So- Sounds good to me. Let's do it. All right. So about eight or nine years ago, for those of you who only heard parts of the story, um, Hulk Hogan, it's well documented in his book, was spinning in a spiral out of control. You have to understand that this guy 
who has billions of dollars, was going through a ridiculous divorce. Now, any of you out there from a divorced family or divorced yourself, you know, when you have to, Chris Rock does a great comedy act about, you know, you have to give up half your income or whatever. If you work at McDonald's, you have to give up half your income to a divorce. It, you might as well just go get lost at sea. <laughs> yeah, no doubt about that. Right? If you're Hulk Hogan and you're living the high life and you're the one drawing WrestleMania three and WrestleMania making zillions of dollars, it doesn't seem right that when you go through divorce, you get taken to the cleaners by the woman who stayed home. Now, I'm all for her getting taken care of. I understand the way relationships work. But long story short, Hulk Hogan was getting taken to the cleaners, okay? Same time, his son uh, crippled a guy, a war hero, and was in jail. Same time, he's putting millions of dollars into his daughter's useless singing career. That he, if, Because he had millions of dollars to waste, he never had to sit down and realize, wait a minute. You know, some little girls want a pony. You buy them a pony if you can afford it. This little girl wanted a singing career and had nothing to, to back that up. So he's sinking millions of dollars into this. His family is fractured, right? They're all falling apart left and right around him. He's not working with the WWE at the time. In his book, it's telling you that around this stage, he's got a gun in his mouth in his bathroom looking to kill himself. So take that into account, people, as we go along here. And uh, a little known secret, uh, you know, not many people realize this unless you're a Don Imus fan. I actually wrote Hulk Hogan. I have a buddy, uh, AC, who was a cameraman on the Don Imus uh, Fox Business News show. My good friend. And uh, when Hogan was uh, promoting his book not long after this incident, a couple years down the road, you know, I read the book and I, I actually was frozen. I could not believe that Hulk Hogan was down in the dump so much that he was about to shoot himself and, and kill himself. If you believe that story or not, it's a whole other thing. But let's say that he was that that far off. Well, even being close to that would be, it, it's you know, when you think of the uh, the uh, larger-than-life figure that he is, you, you you almost wouldn't even believe he'd be even close to that point. Absolutely. And it just destroyed, I'm going to be honest, it absolutely destroyed me reading that so much so. This was 2009. And I actually, I'm going to paraphrase this because I don't have it in front of me. But my buddy goes, want to come down to the Irish in the morning show? I'll get you in the green room to meet Hulk Hogan. At the time for my job, I was actually on the road in Syracuse, New York, and I tried everything to get down there, and I couldn't, couldn't get down there. And so I wrote Hulk Hogan a letter, and then my buddy was going to give it to him, right? So here's pretty much what I wrote. I wrote, Dear Hulk Hogan, I just finished your book. I've been a lifelong fan. You know, right now in my life, I'm expecting – uh, my twin daughters would be born very soon. And reading your book, I was just thinking about how how horrible I felt that as a fan, you gave your life to entertaining uh, kids and people like me all over the world, where at home is your family, who you're basically not part of their life, and now that you are home, everything's falling apart around you so much that you're contemplating killing yourself. And I just want you to realize, this is what I wrote, that for people like me, I always took from the power of Hulkamania this simple message. When people screw you over or something becomes very difficult or there's a challenge in life 
and you're going through a hard time, you simply take the beat down, hulk up, and overcome. And, and as lame as that sounds, AC, I'm, gonna, I'm being honest, that's pretty lame to believe in, in that as an adult, but it's true. And I don't know if you find this in your life as a father, as a working man, as a homeowner, as every responsibility I've had in life. And even when I was messing around as a kid, it, it, the matter is, if life kicks you in the balls, you just hulk up and, and you work harder to get around your issues, and you'll win every time in the end. It's what I firmly believe. And I, I wrote that to Hulk Hogan, and saying, you should follow your own message this time, because I can't thank you enough for entertaining me and, and all of us in our lives while not being there for your family, but I want you to know, we're all here for you at this time, because if you're falling this far, you know, take a deep breath and know that a lot of people love you. You have people that will always support you and just know that we care and we thank you for what you gave us because we can never repay you because this guy's life was a mess. So my buddy gives that letter to Rob Bartlett, who is the writer, is a writer on the I'm Michelle. And, uh, and Bartlett goes, this is gold because they didn't know what they were going to talk about Hogan. So he gave it to Imus. Imus read it on the air and said my name. And it's funny because oh. called me and people called me. And uh, the biggest thing Hulk Hogan ever did for me was I was very lazy in school. So we had prog- something called progress reports. So anything I – if I was fucking around and I wasn't doing well, the progress report would come home and say, hey, your son is getting like an F at the moment in math. Like a million. It would take wrestling away from me, and I'd have to – do everything I had to do to get a good grade at the end of the, the you know the session in order to get that privilege back to watch wrestling. And I every time, and, and, and as crazy as it sounds, uh, one of my flaws in life is I often, I'm often always screwing up something, then hulking up to make it better, you know, at the end. And maybe that's bad to uh, always do that, but in school it worked. It got me through school and and in life, you know, hulking Absolutely. up. Absolutely. So uh, I, I, I've, had, I've had similar circumstances. I want to use the word hulking up, but I the the overall point I definitely uh, agree with 100. It's a standard point. You anyone could have that message, AC. It's a very really the key of life. When life screws you over, you can lay down and die, or you can overcome, do your best, know that you have a support system, and 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 just get through it. And you know what, Hulk Hogan's message was no different than maybe a famous athlete, uh, anybody who, who's, you know, an astronaut. It could be anyone that, feeling the same way. And it is a standard message in life, but it rings true. But he was delivering it to me, right? And at the same time, his family is a mess. And, and a lot of these wrestlers have similar family situations. And it's like, my God, here I am, you know, the day after Christmas in Madison Square Garden, didn't even occur to me while I'm watching Hulk Hogan as a kid. He hasn't even been home yet for Christmas. It was such right. a sacrifice. Now, I don't want people to play the violin for Hulk Hogan because, you know, self-sacrifice, you know, this is what he chose to do. But the point being is to bring it back home. So I misread it to him, and uh, and Hogan and Jimmy Hart, Jimmy Hart took the letter, and Hogan liked it and said, I get, you know, he went into a whole thing about it's very similar. I have a lot of support like this. And, and you know, when I, I was down in the book, people like this, you know, help me because I just felt like 
I was just ready to die because he, the character he was playing always knew what to do. The man is not used to that situation. He's a wrestler like in the circus on the road. So not to be long-winded here, just to finish the timeline, and then I, I'm going to give you back the floor on your show, as I should. Um, so <laughs> well, I'm actually enjoying it, so keep going. <laughs> so everyone understands that. Um, now let's get into So now you understand where Hulk Hogan is in life. And if none of you have been to that point in life, I want you to remember that bullet point as we get to talk about what Hogan did. Because the next thing I'm going to say is, I don't really judge people personally if they're quote-unquote swingers, if they're taking uh, their friend's wife. I don't know if Bubba Love Sponge uh, and his wife had a deal where they were just married by convenience because he knocked her up and they had a kid or something, and but they all had free sexual. There's a lot of good people in the world that are very free sexually to do their thing. Now, I'm never giving my wife up to nobody. That's me. But there are people that, you know, that are real way out there, and some people on the up and up are, are doing things like that. Good for them. It's, it's just sex. If you can get out of your mind the religion and the ramifications and everything in your head about sex, it's just a physical thing act. It's just sex, right? Okay, so let's be adults here. On the timeline, I want you all to understand this as well, Okay. Where does Hulk Hogan go when he's down in a hole and lonely and maybe he just wants to fool around and have some fun, right? He can't go to a bar like us. We can. Right. He can't go to a strip bar without a million people up his ass or wanting something for him. He can't go on the internet and, you know, inter- interact and meet somebody. Here's a guy that he simply can't do what most people could do to go and try and meet someone. So if you're in your best friend's house, and you, you know, are feeling in a safe haven where you can not have to be Hulk Hogan. You could be Terry Belia, and your life is is crumbling. And you have the opportunity to fool around with this person under all adults being cool with it. That's just like if someone normal person went to a bar and try and picked up somebody or or had a night or you know you're at a at a bookstore and you meet somebody. That's you could have been in a more safer environment under the contents that was presented for Hulk Hogan to fool around with somebody like that. And like I said, I love Hulk Hogan. I'll hide him in this house right now for until he needs to go out of hiding, but I'm not going to let my, give him my wife. That's not my deal. Right. So, so here's the thing. Okay. And people remember, this is all occurring on pretty much the same two days. Okay. Eight years later, here we are with what's happening to Hulk Hogan all happened on these two days. So, he and and, uh, and Heather Clem, they have their relationship. You know, Bubba's off in the house like a weirdo, like, you know, all getting off on it one way or another. And he takes <laughs> Hulk Hogan. Okay. Now, uh, if, uh, if Hulk Hogan knew of his tape, he probably wouldn't even have fooled around, half talked, and would have said, dude, what are you doing? I'm out of here. But the guy is down in a hole. Every decision he's making at this moment in his life is a wrong decision. Okay, remember that, people. Be like if you're a baseball player and you go 0 for 30 in your next at-bats. Hulk Hogan is in the midst of an 0 for 30 slump. Every decision he's making is wrong. So I don't know if this is before or after they're fooling around. I don't know if he's drunk or high or drugged up or whatever is going on with Hogan at the moment. 
He's feeling vulnerable. He gets a call from Brooke, who is bleeding cash out of his ass like no tomorrow. The girl can't sing. It's a rich daddy giving his daughter whatever she wants. Let's be honest. Okay? So here's where the mistake of a lifetime happens. The guy who is uh, – is, uh, Brooke is listening to at the moment and, and screwing, allegedly or not, if Hulk Hogan made up of a, a word called like uh, co- cookie crumbs and everybody that pissed him off in the world, he said, this cookie crumb, this cookie crumb, no one would be outraged today. But from what I hear, it sounds to me like as Hogan starts to completely fall apart talking to Heather Clem about um, his daughter and how everything's falling apart, he's just – it sounds like he's almost workshopping how he feels uh, and doesn't know who he is anymore. And this coincides with the book where this guy is possibly suicidal. He's breaking down, completely breaking down. So in this moment, not excusing it, okay, uses the worst racist terminology you possibly could. And as he – and first of all, we never – none of us have heard this. We're reading some legend straight literature from it, however – it doesn't read well. probably doesn't sound well. However, if he substitute the word uh, in which he, if he was being taped, he would never talk this way. But he felt at home, and he's just trying to work this all out. Now, here's the part that I, I've said on another show, and I'm going to say AC here. And then, like I said, those of you fans of the cool down, I'm not taking over the show. I'm just going to finish the timeline, and we'll have a proper conversation. I promise. I know I'm all over here. But... The fact of the matter, and I've always lived my life this way, and I've said this on a lot of shows, I learned very early in life that for men, there are good people and there are complete assholes in life. It's, it doesn't matter to me the color that they are because there are plenty of assholes of every race, creed, religion, or sexuality. So I'm smart enough to know in my holster I better not pull out the wrong word if I'm mad at an asshole or hate an asshole. I better just call him the asshole because everyone is fine with that when you realize that human of a different nature is an asshole. So anyone who hears this and does not realize that Hulk Hogan's daughter is betraying him, being a bitch to him, and, and taking sides, the family's all swerving each other, you know, working each other again, and he's just complete flat out pissed off at the dude that she's listening to, absolutely called him the wrong word. Should have called him an asshole, okay? And I'm going to get to that part in a minute, okay? Call him an asshole. I guarantee now, and I'm going to call, call this a callback, Anthony, when we dissect all this. Right. Uh, I would say that anyone who's not African-American at this point in this timeline, if you are truly outraged, I call bullshit. And I think your fake outrage is what's so insulting to me as to why I can't stop going on this emotional roller coaster with Hogan. Because the fake outrage for Hulk, I would love anyone who's going to have a problem with this so far to throw a tape recorder in your bedroom, and we'll come back a year later, and we'll start tearing down everything you say. And, then, and, and, we'll, and we'll work from there. Still, doesn't excuse Hogan. But I believe in, okay, you better be squeaky clean before you take a shot here. because right, you want- the hi- hypocrisy aspect of all this. Exactly. Now, that being said, and we'll get to this, if it was a proper punishment, everything would be fine to me. 
But the erasement of Hulk Hogan is not the proper punishment. So now we'll go back to the other side of the coin. As I, I talked to a couple guys on Facebook and stuff, I understand if you're African-American and you as a kid or your father, your family went to an arena or whatever, you purchased and supported Hulk Hogan. Somebody said on a show, on an ESPN call-in show um, or the other day, and I can't remember which show it was, and this was brilliant, uh, brilliantly said. The, the guy who called up was African-American, and he said, you have to understand in my community, and the guy sounded like he was in his 50s, there's a huge, hard trust factor for us to get behind somebody, and I, you know, I'll say it here, who is a white actor, white athlete, white hero, and all unite as a community and, and just love him for who he is because we're constantly supporting our own and we're constantly uh, trying to figure out you know, who they are. You know, and we, we see how it's playing out in life. People don't trust the police. People don't trust this. And for whatever reason where you're from, you have your reasons. But coming back around, so I don't have a problem with any African-American who feels like they're kicked in the balls and there's no such thing as Santa and they're crushed type thing. Some just, sort of betrayal in a way. Right. And they feel he's a racist. Now, my point of view where I'm trying to say Hogan is having the worst day of his life we're lucky he's alive from nine years ago. If you still don't excuse that because you think in their house that you truly are who you are there, I would counter that and say you can be in America the biggest piece of shit racist in your home, but when you walk out the door, if you are nothing but someone who's at your job getting along with everybody, not oppressing anyone, not keeping anyone down whatsoever, uniting people and uplifting everybody, then uh, even if in your heart you're a racist, you're not practicing racism. So who cares what you are in your bedroom? That comes back around to the timeline now, okay? That's the other point I'm having is, like, I feel it's a little bit fake outrage from that aspect too because nobody gives a shit today. Yeah, Hulk Hogan is the victim of privacy invasion, and that's why he stands to win a lot of cash, which is why as this case moves on, and, and, and I wanted to say this all came out because uh, last week Hogan refused to settle with Gawker. Right. Uh, closer. Now, look what happens when he refuses to settle. All of a sudden, all this bullshit comes out. Why? Because – the people that are getting sued and that are going to get arrested in the whole Bubba the Love Sponge uh, working environment, we'll get to that in a minute in the timeline, that are all jerk-off hillbillies, um, somebody leaked something, somebody stole something, somebody sold something. They're all in trouble, they're all going to pay, and they're all going to fall in the end. It feels like that Hogan won't settle. His lawyer is smart going, dude, we're going to clean up here to stay the course. Uh, and Hogan's listening because his life's getting destroyed for this. They all feel it, too, and they know that they're going to have to pay. So why not uh, ruin him more before they get to that point? So right. when you have a court case coming, what better way to ruin the jury pool than to put out that Hulk Hogan's a racist and this and that and this and that and this and that. It's all a cash grab uh, shakedown that's going on here. Now, to finish the timeline, um, the part that is deplorable, too, is that 
So Hogan's privacy is invaded. Bubba the Love Sponge, who is the biggest piece, of, I used to listen to that show, and it, basically because of his friendship with Hogan, should, should drive off a road and die. He's the biggest piece of shit on the buddy code or friend code that you could ever, should be in the dictionary, for illegally taping Hulk Hogan. Why? What's this sicko need to tape Hulk Hogan banging his wife for? That is pretty effed up. And with all the shit on it, he, he keeps this stuff. And it's because I think at the time, Bubba and Hulk Hogan's relationship, if you listen to that show, that was started to, Hogan was started to go other ways a little bit. And maybe Bubba, being the mark that he is, was threatened and wanted to rein Hogan in one way or another. I don't know. Now, if you follow the Bubba Love Sponge show, I understand that guys like Spice and these other guys who were part of the show, uh, in case you don't know, Bubba right now got thrown off his station with good ratings, and they put uh, Cowhead Mike Calta on in his spot, and they put a whole crew of guys who used to work for Bubba on the station, and they threw Bubba out like garbage. Bubba went crazy, got a new gig, and is trying to destroy each other down there. All they do is destroy each other in tech and on air and blah, 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 blah. And part of it is because that crew, too, there's some people that are going to get in trouble for this Hogan shit. The whole point of it was Bubba is such a piece of shit that when he was defending Tony Stewart, which uh, I, I, there's a whole other story about Stewart and that kid that got killed on the track that day. And right. the way he went at it was not very intelligent. It was like he was destroying the kid and the family. It was just too much for a station to say, I don't care what ratings you bring us, you're just, you're just bad for business. Your hatred, I defend my friends, piece of crap. And with the stuff with Hogan, absolutely part of why the station wanted to get rid of uh, Bubba, because Hogan in Tampa... Now, can I cut you off for, can I you for one second? Only because I do know who Bubba Love Sponge is, obviously. And I'll be honest with you, I didn't listen to his show that often. He was he was on a station in Connecticut for oh yeah, yeah. maybe for a two year period before it was a clear channel station before um, as far as I know they kicked him out on his ass for, you know, saying whatever. And actually the station he was on in Connecticut has changed like twenty times in the last five year, ten year period, whatever it was. Um and the last I knew of him was being on Stern's station yeah. on Sirius, which is almost crazy because I remember from listening when he was on in Connecticut, all he did was destroy Stern. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't really know. I'll be honest with you. I don't know his timeline all that well. So that's the only reason why I was asking. I don't. I, I, I always assumed he was still on Sirius. I didn't know he was back on, you know, over the airwaves, so to speak, on regular radio. Sirius probably a good four four years. That's where I discovered him. Okay. On Sirius, he had uh, Howard 101 at uh, 3 p.m. had uh, the Bubba Love Sponge show. So I discovered him, and I liked Bubba. He's a shock jock like everybody. He's Absolutely. Southern shock jock, which was interesting to me. And he was Hulk Hogan's best friend. So Hogan was on there all the darn time. All the oh, time. He was even, even back when he was on in Connecticut. I think I'm, I'm, I'm almost positive he was at um, – uh, WrestleMania eight was it eighteen? I was in Seattle or nineteen? Uh, yeah. I almost I almost was positive he was there as Hogan's guest, and I think he at that point was still on in Connecticut. Oh, probably. I mean, when TNA brought Hogan in, Bubba was there doing the interviews. Bubba came along with that package. Hogan and Bubba were best buddies for forever. And in yeah, in wow, yep. 
they were just like the kings of Tampa, these guys. And, you know, and uh, Bubba is notorious for ruining relationships and uh, and screwing over staff members. The guy is just a, a true scumbag. And I liked his show for a while because Hogan was on it. But then when you start to listen, it's this guy, all this guy does is, you know, there's radio feuds, and then there's like, it feels like this guy gets on the airwave to have wars with people, and, and he no longer becomes like entertaining disc jockey. You know, it's so strange. But, yeah, so this is this is how this all came out, AC. Basically, uh, you know, Hogan is hanging with Bubba a lot during this time. And uh, and uh, the Hogan, Bubba had, like, this crew that all left him. It's Bubba and, like, a couple new guys now. And they're saying part of the crew stole the tape from Bubba's house and tried to sell it for money because Bubba fired this guy off the show. And the guy okay. in great and all this happened. So... Make the finger no pointing has begun. <laughs> yes. Make no mistake about it. This is solely the Bubba Love Sponge show and Bubba. Bubba taping it and that show, inner fighting and falling apart, that dragged Hulk Hogan into this because one of them tried to screw over Bubba. Now, Hogan and Bubba are no longer friends, as you can imagine. Hogan has just like, written him off and is so disgusted with him because why mm-hmm. Bubba takes the guy to begin with is ridiculous, and he has... A million excuses, eight ways of Sundays that don't fly. So, ending the timeline, this is all eight years ago. Okay, Bubba taped Hogan. Now, to finalize this, and then we can break this all apart, Hogan goes on to TNA. He gets hired in WWE. Layla Ali, he credits with saving his life, the daughter of Muhammad Ali. Okay? Mm -hmm. Uh, A Muslim, an African-American woman. So, obviously, Hogan, you know, it's well-known. Hogan gets along with everybody. So she is saving Hulk Hogan. Hogan was doing that, um, what was that show on NBC that him and Layla hosted that came back? It was like a endurance contest. The Gladiators, American Gladiators. Yeah, the, re- the remake of it. Yes. They were yep. hosting at the time. She saw that Hogan between takes was just falling apart. And it's a well-known story that uh, she took Hogan to, to her church uh, and counseled him with the pastor that he still sees that that just tried to help him get back to normal because he was literally down in a hole. Now, to finalize this, I bring it back home. Hogan knew he was being taped. He would have walked out of there. We would never have heard this. The fact that he didn't know and he started saying this stuff, you could clearly hear a man in Pearl, a man in trouble. Now, people are going to focus on saying, uh, I guess I am a racist. Maybe I'm not. I don't. This is where the bullshit comes in for me, for anybody, especially as children. Okay, Hulk Hogan is sitting there falling apart because his daughter no longer is listening to him or respects him, and he's having a hard time with it. He's taking his anger out on the guy that she's banging at the time, who's also charging money for her career and using her. Okay, when he talks right. about Jamie Fox. He tells he calls the other guy the word that we all know, but Jamie Foxx he calls Jamie Foxx. So he does right. distinguish between people. In his mind, the scumbag is this, and this is Jamie Foxx. So can I just, can I piggyback off that for a second? Yeah, yeah. And it's actually something I was released today, which and this came to mind to me earlier when I was trying to prepare for what we were going to talk about was almost an overblown situation where they were talking about his homophobic comments that were released today. But to me, the fact that he said what he said about 
certain African-American person. We all know the word. We don't need to repeat it. But then he piggybacks that by saying the guy's half a, you know what, I mean, those of you that don't know, look it up. You can find it. Um, it almost speaks to your point where he was just upset with certain people and probably poor choice of words, but um, in a descriptive way, instead of calling them assholes was, yeah, you yeah. know, using, using improper words. But to <clears throat> me, the fact that he made the, and, and it's not a defense for him making homophobic comments either, but it almost speaks to the point where he was looking at people and prejudging them and using uh, nasty words because he was sick of their shit in a way. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, to this, I, I will even say, just in this discussion here, for any of the younger audience, you know, in nine years, um, the gay community has come a long way in life. Good for them. Because at the end Big of the time. day, I could give a shit what people do in their bedroom. I don't care. I, I'm too old and pay too much taxes to worry about that. Who cares? <laughs> right? right. Who gives a shit? Okay. Exactly. Hey, you get married. Hey, I'm married a long time. Enjoy that up and down, my friends out there. Right. <laughs> right. If you feel you love someone, you love them. Go for it. Right. Yeah. I. Who cares? It really. And, and I, Absolutely. I understand people to go out of their way to care. I never, I never understand why. Why do you give a shit unless your fighting emerges? It's the only thing I can think of. I don't never care. I understood that, but I will tell you this: growing up as a kid, for to describe uh, homosexuality, there's the F word. And right now, sitting here, I don't even know how bad it is to say it or not out loud. To be honest with you, but I'm not going to say it. But I've never used that slur on somebody derogatory that was gay. But I can tell you lots of times playing Little League Baseball, when your buddy makes an error at second base, you go, you F. The word that, that word at one time was thrown around left and right, upside down, all around, by good buddies to each other, and never was the intention to say that you are of this sexual persuasion. It was in. Right. It, it, it's, it's almost like when I, if you've ever been in a football locker room, you know, it's same same scenario. <laughs> Yeah, and, and I was and, in plenty of those, and that word was thrown around, and it wasn't meant to be uh, uh, as a uh, slur or uh, something towards you know gay men or gay women. It was it was just something you said, and I don't think people said it. And you know, it's almost like you say it in a way if you're saying it to someone of that um, way of life or whatever, you know, maybe you could take it as a dis- discriminatory word, but you got six guys in a football locker room, you know, saying whatever, you know, you, it, it, it's, it's like a tough thing. You know, it's, it's, it's hard to put into perspective what people really mean when they say something. I personally think it's like calling your buddy a woman. You being yeah. a woman, man, you know, and, and really that's the way I've always heard that intention. Or the worst way of calling him a woman, which we don't need to say that word either, but you can all <laughs> use your imagination with that one. <laughs> so, you know, I heard what Hogan said there today, and when I heard that, I just said, you know, it could be on his tape, he just hits the whole world, that he just went into, like, I'm destroying everybody, I'm mad at everybody, and he's just breaking down, and you want to know something? This is the part that I strongly believe, and this is the part that I'm fearful that someone told me I was out in left field on this, because it's how I feel, but 
I respect their feeling. I say it's far worse for everyone to invade his privacy, as we all have done, because in your own home, when you have a bad day, however you take it out to get it out and, and decompress, there is not a damn thing wrong with it. Some people, and I, I know I don't want to throw other wrestlers under the bus, there are guys that still employed that beaten women to decompress. There are guys that go on drunk driving benders. Has Hulk Hogan ever beaten women? No. Has Hulk Hogan been out DWIing to, to get his stress level out? No. And he's sure as shit when he saw any kids of any colors looking for autographs or high five when he's leaving the ring. He didn't discriminate of who he was going to say hi to and goodbye to. And when he was hulking up and doing his job, as if you and I go out to our job today and who we're working with, he treated everybody the same. Except if people in his way were scumbag assholes, they got treated as such. If you're a scumbag asshole, you're a scumbag asshole. The problem in the world is this, and this is where I'll end the timeline. And, Anthony, start tearing it apart, my friend, because uh, you got it. This is the part that I have a hard time with, okay? A very hard time with. And it's – um. I was so upset at myself today because uh, when, when I work, I wear, like, khakis and, like, a button-up uh, shirt. And uh, I always wear a T-shirt under it. And uh, you can't see what I'm wearing. I always throw anything on. My immortal Hulk Hogan T-shirt came in uh, a few days before all this. And I was, like, I actually put pictures up when I got it, that and a Samoa Joe shirt. And I didn't wear it yet. And I was going to put it on. And for a moment, I'm like, hmm, I don't know if I'm ready just to have to explain this today. And that <laughs> destroyed me. My wife was like, oh, my God, really? She knew how hurt I, hurting I was to not want to represent myself as a Hulk Hogan fan at the moment. And that is a crushing stomachache that keeps going. And here's my thing. In the recent weeks, I did a podcast about uh, the General Lee, the Dukes of Hazards, the, uh, the Confederate flag. When I grew up, pop culture told me, with Leonard Skinner, the Fabius Freebirds, and the Dukes of Hazzard, that that was, the flag was a term of endearment, of love, even though it was Southern pride, even though it meant the South lost, and it was the flag of racism and slavery, and I get all that, but it also has a double meaning, and it has a term of endearment, so to say. So if I love Bo and Luke Duke, and I want, my retirement gift to myself one day was I was going to make the General Lee for myself, uh, uh, buy a Dodge Charger, and uh, turn it into the General Lee. And I'm still going to do it one day. Screw it. But, but they erased that from the world, and they, put, they destroyed what the 70s and 80s brought. The, as I said, it was a – depending on how, the usage of the Confederate flag – it could be hateful or it could be loving. This is exactly the same thing with the word that Hulk Hogan said that I have the problem with because I'm honestly going to tell you that when this all broke, I was traveling. I was down in uh, the southern Maryland, uh, Virginia area working. I can't tell you the amount of times the last, last Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and yesterday, okay, the last bunch of days, I can easily tell you because I was listening to it, because normally it's this background noise, okay? You turn on any hip-hop music, you're going to hear that word, okay? Right. You walk into a, a Foot Locker, 
I, where I go all the time to get sneakers. I'm a big fan of Jordans and all, uh, sneakers and all that. Nikes. Right. You hear the word. You're going to hear the word in various movies and television shows. You're going to hear people at any restaurant you go in talk to each other that way. If you're in a store, you're going to hear that. I've taken my daughters for their birthday to Toys R Us. I heard people in the store say that word. I started to mentally check off every time I've heard that. I've heard very, the two variations of how it's said. I can't escape this goddamn word if I wanted to. So there is another level here because I feel in a world where whether you agree with his politics or not, it's amazing that Barack Obama is the president of the United States after the history of this country. You would think that everybody ran over the hill and we moved on to becoming better humans to each other, right? So right. the fact that this word is destroying Hulk Hogan in his private moments, in his worst moments of his life, and no one can give him slack for it or proper punishment, I walk around the world and hear it all over the place. And it's pissing me off because the double standard, which I understand why there is one, is ridiculous. Now, I made a joke. In two weeks, the NWA movie comes out. When I, <laughs> I saw that. I that straight out of Compton. And when I would go to the Jersey Shore, my buddies, to go fishing, we pumped that shit all the time, sang it word for word, loved it. Because to me, it felt like a wrestling promo. All their acting there felt the same as wrestling. This and this guy, this guy, okay? In that movie, mm -hmm. I guarantee you, there'll be a bazillion curses in that movie, okay? But if I went in a Hulk Hogan t-shirt in my General Lee to go see it, people would want to kill me. Oh, yeah. You'd probably be lucky without getting out, getting out of there without a fight at this point. Exactly. So to bring it all home, and, and not anyone listening, trust me, this is the part where I say, there's no escaping uh, that Hulk Hogan should be punished because he's a high-profile person, one of the highest-profile people on planet Earth. Let me repeat that. That man is one of the most well-known people on the planet. So when that comes out, uh, people are going to be hurt. He's going to have to suffer a little bit, do a mea culpa, come back around. But to be erased by the WWE for this, and I personally feel he's at age 60-something, he will never make a comeback to the WWE again in, in his lifetime because I f truly feel that Vince McMahon, at his age, whenever he steps down or whatever, Triple H and Stephanie McMahon are in a spot that Vince was when he started with Hogan. Vince's father was Bruno San Martino, guys. Vince took care of a couple of those guys. Vince's guy was Hulk Hogan and Piper and all these guys. Triple H and Stephanie, their guys are Hall and Nash, HBK, so when Vince finally goes away, any of the old guard, the Pipers, the Hogans, and all these people, they'll take care of him stuff, but they're not their source of main interest of history anymore. It's The Undertaker. It's, you know, The Rock, Stone Cold. It's, uh, it, it's um, Triple H. That, Shawn Michaels, Bret Hart. They're now the carriers of, like, Stephanie and Triple H's future of always going back to the old timers, those guys. So Hogan right. doesn't have value that you would think to that that generation. So I'm I'm telling you, unless some other organization hires him or he goes to the E channel, the resurgence of Hulk Hogan, and he's going out there, I'm very worried, very worried, and I'll get off my soapbox, I promise. I'm very worried that the Hulk Hogan I wrote a letter to that Don Imus read to him that was going to shoot himself in his bathroom with his gun right around the time that this stuff was set on tape. 
It was right around that time. This is all happening in, in that time frame. That if he does not win money from Gawker, and what the hell money do they have? Or if this is a court case that's going to be dragged out for years, Hulk Hogan in hiding uh, and away from everything and unworkable and, and, and disdained and uh, gone from the wrestling minutes forever, I truly worry about him uh, being in a place where he may get hurt himself or, may, or you may wake up one day and go, Hulk Hogan killed himself. And I, I cannot handle that, I tell you. And, and to me, that's where I think move away to phony outrage, really understand what happened, be mad at him, he's human, and understand the great, if you want to label him the greatest racist in history inside a house, away from the world where he needs to be away from, let's give him that if you want. But when he steps outside, the guy's nothing but good to every one of you out there. So that's my timeline, AC. So I'll let you start wherever you want to go on that. I'm <laughs> very hurting at the moment. Very hurting, man. Absolutely. And, and I get it. And I'll be honest with you. There, there's so much to dissect with this issue. And, you know, from my own perspective, when I started this show, I, I swore to myself I would never get political. And it's almost impossible to avoid. Because mm-hmm. turns around my fourth show, and Hulk Hogan is smack dab in the middle of what, let's face it, it's a political issue. There's, there's no way around it. Exactly. It, it, kind of, it kind of fits into the climate in the country. Um, you know, you brought up the, the Confederate flag and the General Lee and all that stuff. And, you know, you, we could delve into that. I, I really don't want to go that far into it. But the bottom line is, and I, I said this with Ken and right? And I, I believe I believe it to be true. Uh, a lot of this stuff, and you brought up Obama, and again, I'm not going to get overly political, but a lot of this stuff starts at the top. And it, the climate with all the with all these issues, um, his position on a lot of this stuff is 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 in a way. And this is again, it's my own opinion and my own evaluation on all this stuff. Is it's it's almost creating a separation more than I've ever seen in my lifetime. And I'm not that old. I understand that. But there's a separation, a divide in the country like I've never seen before. And I really believe it starts at the top. No matter what side you're on, uh, to me that's almost indisputable. And, and I think that's hurt Hogan here in a lot of ways. I almost feel like had this come out two weeks after it had happened, um, yeah, it would have been bad. It, you know, it looks bad. It sounds bad. We haven't heard it. What we've read sounds bad. Um, I don't know that it wouldn't have been wouldn't have been more of a slap on the wrist type of a situation had it happened uh, back when he had said it. You know, it just the, the country was just in a different place then. People were more accepting of each other, more accepting of. Uh, you know, their differences in, of opinion. And, again, it goes back to the divide in the country. And, and also, and, and I brought this up with Ken and Dave last night too, there, there's a dollar factor here where sponsors and these companies who sponsor WWE, the NBA, the NFL, whatever you want to call it, they're, they're in a situation where they're almost, like, ready to run for cover uh, the minute there's a controversy. So I almost think they they almost have put these companies in a position where 
they're forced to act, maybe even before they have all the facts. Uh, there's a controversy going, we better get in front of this so we don't look bad here or we don't lose one penny of sponsorship money. You know, we all know the WWE is in a different place uh, than where they've been in the last few years with the network and, you know, the different direction they've kind of gone in where, you know, back then ratings were better, uh, you know, it, it was almost an edgier company at the time. Now that they've gone through this PG era, they had, uh, you know, Linda McMahon running for, for uh, Senate right here in Connecticut. Um, they're almost in a much different place. And I, I almost feel like they got wind of a controversy, especially a racial one, and they immediately just said, we are going to cut all ties with Hulk Hogan. And I think that's what I differ with some people is I almost can't fault them for that only because of the climate we're in right now. You know, I liken it to to the Donald Sterling situation. And I understand Donald Sterling owned the team and, you know, Hulk Hogan doesn't own WWE. But, you know, it was, it was, it was another situation where a guy was uh, recorded unknowingly and you know, maybe made some comments that he wouldn't have said publicly, but they got out there for for whatever the reason. You know, we all know the reasons with the, uh, you know, her, his side piece and all that other stuff. Yeah. Well, it, it got out there, and, you know, the NBA didn't necessarily drag its feet, but they didn't get out in front of it. And it was like a windfall where, all right, now we got to do something, so we're going to throw him out of the league, and then we're going to force him to sell the team. When you see the, the extreme measures the NBA went to in dealing with Donald Sterling, you almost have to give the WWE a little bit of a pass. The, I, I, do have one, I do have one issue with, with the Hall of Fame thing. But other than that, as far as just completely cutting ties with him, I almost can't get on them for that only because of the climate of the country. See, I, I see what you're saying. I do agree and understand that. The erasing of Hulk Hogan in history, like a Chris Benoit, is ridiculous. But, see, here's, here's what hurts me the most, because you said this has become political and ideological as well, because I look at myself in the mirror, and I know that there are a lot of, and I, I see it cut and dry, scumbags are good people, right? Scumbags are good people. And I didn't ever really need the bad words because I learned very on early as a kid, those words are going to get your ass kicked. But everyone unites when they recognize who an asshole is. So you can have everybody of all races and colors on your side if you're against an asshole everyone recognizes an asshole. But if you call that asshole the wrong word, then you divided the room and you're, you, <laughs> you're in trouble. However, it, it, this is the part where I feel how am I allow myself to get so naive with the fact that I just don't understand where um, people can, you know, Hulk Hogan saying this stuff has destroyed people to the bitter, crazy end. Yet it's alive in culture everywhere. It's, it's the yin and yang. It, and and I think that is actually a – it's a chemical weapon in a way, okay? It's a weapon of mass destruction. 
you walk down the street, you you hear everyone using this shit, this terminology, this word, you can't escape it. If you say, please don't say this word, blah, 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 then you are in trouble beyond. It is That's the problem with the word. It's convenient to take people down. It's a weapon. The word is dangerous and more so than an actual bullet. And this is not excusing Hogan, and I agree with you. Hogan should have served. Uh, here's the thing. Because this happened in 2009, and as I documented where Hogan was, Vince McMahon should have got on TV. I want to hear from damn Vince McMahon. And by the way, they did some sneaky shit that I'll, I'll come back to in a second. I want Vince McMahon to get on TV and say, Hulk Hogan, played by Terry Belia, who I've been with all my life, has hurt all of us here in the WWE family. Granted, this happened a long time ago when Hulk Hogan uh, was completely destroyed human being. We applaud him from coming back to become a better person. But when when you are the, the caliber of Hulk Hogan and you've affected the world, you you need to take a step back and, and re-understand how you may have hurt people. So we are suspending Hulk Hogan from the WWE for the time being, and uh, we will assist him in, in gaining help and understanding and, and talking to different whatever cultures to understand the ramifications of, of, of what, how hurtful these words are to people that love people like him. Then they can start producing shows where he's going around communities and rebuilding centers, talking to people, people outraged by him, crying on camera, doing everything they got to do, and rebuild the man instead of Vince Man going, Terry Belia, it was nice knowing you. Now you're dead. You're gone forever. That's the problem I have. And I can't, I can't, I can't be cool to my friends and, and people, you know, we hang out in wrestling circles who think I'm crazy and what's wrong with me for being a Hulk Hogan uh, defender to the end and lover of my hero that I would not understand how they're offended by this. And I do understand that offended. But what do you want? Is this word that's said in this scenario worthy of you? Do you feel better if Hulk Hogan is destroyed? That is just ridiculous to me. Be mad at the guy, but to kill him while he's walking, I don't get it, AC. I don't get that. Especially, it wasn't like he rolled up yesterday and on Tough Enough started a racist tirade. It right. was years ago when he was falling out of, uh, falling apart. Now, I, I'm having a damn hard time with this, man, because I want to love Hogan. I want him to be forgiven. But the, the other part of me knows, man, talk, you couldn't have a worse time. And who knows what else is on there? I'm sure there's more. And, uh, and he will never recover from this. That does not feel fair to me. And the other part, Anthony, it doesn't feel fair to me when half the world is still using this word as a term and endearment, but the Confederate flag's version of the term and endearment has been destroyed. It, the hypocrisy, I hate, I, I told my wife the other day, what's, I want to live somewhere else. This, is, this isn't America anymore. It doesn't feel very good here that everybody at every moment in time are waiting to take you down. It's amazing to me with phones and cameras and everything 
uh, all over. Uh, everyone wants to destroy everyone. And I and I made a point the other day, and I'm sorry because I'm emotionally falling apart a little bit here. <laughs> That's all right. I really am. I feel sometimes, I was telling Joe White on uh, New Surge Live, who is also on our 1640 PWPR family here, that, you know, I was brought up Roman Catholic. And I'll probably bring my kids up in that religion, but I don't believe anybody who works for them, who preaches for them, has a job in that religion, because I don't believe we're the same age almost that you can possibly believe without faith all this bullshit uh, that happened one time. It may happen. It's all about having faith to me, right? And the point being is that's why they sell it to you as kids because adults would be like, get away with this dumb story. What is this, Lord of the Rings? Okay? But I believe the essential message of every religion is unite family and friends to be good to your neighbor, be kind, and, and live, try and live a respectful life to one another. That is what I want my daughters to pick up on. And if once a week on a Sunday we do this and that achieves that down the road where Sunday we go out to the diner as a family, we sit in mass for an hour, I'm sitting there thinking of wrestling bookings, not paying attention whatsoever in mass, okay? But if we're together as a family and the message is to kind of be good no matter what church you believe in, that's a good thing. It's about forgiveness and, and understanding and, and helping a brother out when they're down. But I got to tell you, the recent way life has been going and Bill Cosby up to his bullshit and everything that's happening, you're taught. And the reason why I brought this up is I really believe that if there is a heaven and you're always worried that you don't want to go to hell, I almost believe now, and I've said this all, I say this all the time to my wife, I think I'm actually living in hell at the moment, that this is purgatory. The planet that we all exist on is hell, and I've done something wrong in the past, and one day I hope to get through this level of hell, and something after, maybe there is something heavenly or something better, because living on the planet, it's like an episode of Star Trek. Here, they're destroying Hulk Hogan for words. Somewhere in the other part of the world, there's no electricity. It's like 1805, and people can't even eat. They're starving. Over here, we have people who give two shits about whether, you know, people of the same sex would get married. In other parts of the world, they're cutting uh, women's parts off so, because they're misbehaving or covering mm -hmm. their faces up. It's the most fucked up. We've, I feel like we are literally in hell. And I know this is a really crazy leap off the... The, the couch, so to say, AC, with the stuff that's happened to Hogan. But someone said something to me, uh, and they were African-American, that I grew up on this guy, and I feel like he hated me all along now. And I feel like that's taking it too far, but I can kind of understand how shocking and upsetting that would be to them because it's his race that he's destroying. But at the same time, I feel like I grew up on all this, and then I started to tell you earlier the basic belief of Hulkamania to get you through school and life and love and marriage and anything you do is how to conquer your problems and overcome. And if it's being destroyed over, over this nonsense, which it seemed he did live in hell, conquered it, and Hogan is looked very happy lately. Looked like he rebuilt his life around. 
and yet it's now he's got it. The the sins of the past to come back. There's no, there's like you could murder someone thirty years ago, and it might be that the timeline has gone so far you're no longer accountable. You know the statute of limitations. Come on, I it just makes me. I fear for my own kids because the world they're entering is just like people are eating each other up, man. And I know this doesn't excuse Hogan from his heinous shit that he's talking, but it doesn't also excuse the people taking him down from understanding where he was, man. And I hope none of you out there are in a scenario you're sitting in your house with a gun in your mouth wondering, fuck it, I'm leaving, I'm leaving, I can't overcome. God damn, that's upsetting. <laughs> I'm sorry. No, man. yeah, absolutely. And I, I think, honestly, I think it just speaks to, to the divide in anything, everything. It, it, it's almost like the issue at hand is not the issue at hand. Um, you can't take every story for what it is and evaluate it based on what it is. Um, you know, you brought police brutality and all that stuff up before, and it's almost like, all right, one side of us is going to say, whenever it's police brutality, the cops are wrong. So the other side automatically has to say the cops are right because we can't agree with you. Instead of saying, well, this was one issue, this was a second issue, what really happened? And I think Hogan, in a way, is almost a victim of that. Um, not to make him a victim because I really don't think he is. I, you know, I, I don't think he's a victim. I think he's... I think he's being treated harshly in some circles. I don't believe that in wrestling circles. Forget the WWE fan-wise. Um, I'm actually surprised by the support he's got. I um, agree. From from and then in, in, and to piggyback off that, from the other um, public figure aspect of it, most of the people that tend to know Hogan have backed him up. So, and I don't take that with a grain of salt because. Again, given the climate of everything, for guys, they're, all, they're not blindly backing him up. And, to, you know, to get to another point, uh, and, and I, I brought this up with Ken and Dave last night also, it's almost like, is this, is this it? You can trickle all this information out, but let's, let's take it for what it's worth. It's, it's one recording. Like you said, it's a day or two period. It's, it's, it's a small fraction of Hulk Hogan's life. Now, if you give me a recording from a year ago and then one from three years ago and then one from 1985 and one from before he was Hulk Hogan, um, then you have a pattern. Until you establish that pattern, you almost got to take it as he was just a guy in a, in a rough place almost venting, so to speak. And we've all been there. Whether you use the exact language he used, we've all been there. Um, well, I so, got to ask you a question just from what you say that there. Here's the question I asked to anyone out there in the listening audience that brought this up the other day, okay? If an Asian man is in his bedroom and he's saying that he does not want his daughter to date a Mexican woman, okay, but he doesn't use the, the, the terminology in the way Hogan did, is that guy a racist? Or is that guy like everybody out there who has a basic belief of – let me call you – I was thinking about this the other day. Girls have their fairy tale weddings from when they're little girls. One day we'll grow up and have a wedding like this, 
and I will be, you know, every, they say every little girl has a fairy tale about their wedding one day. Well, as a father, I now can tell you that I just realized without even knowing, I have a fairy tale too, that my daughter one day, when she is romantically involved with both of them, I have two daughters one day with whoever they get involved with, when I, that door opens for the first time and my breath is frozen for a minute, who's coming in the house, right? Okay? As every father of every son and every daughter have gone through that. Today, my eyes, they're not, they're five, so this is a long time coming. But one day, I can tell you right now, honestly, subconsciously, I'm hoping there's a guy like me at the door. A guy, I'm Irish, you know, I'm, a, I'm a, from America, I'm, a, you know, I, I'm sort of Catholic. I can tell you right now, because the life I lived is, is this collection of things, I want to have something in common with someone who's a collection of those things. I'm, you know, just being straight, I think. Right, almost I, like the the average Joe who works hard and is, you yeah, know, respectful yes. and, the you know, kind of uh, yeah. uh, the, the regular, what you perceive to be the regular guy. Right. Now, am I walking around here every day preaching this and overtly putting in their mind? No. I hope my fairy tale one day is the, the girls end up with a guy like me, you know, kind of like me, I guess, as crazy as that sounds. And I imagine that every African-American mother sitting at home when their son goes out, they don't want them coming home with a white girl. And I know every Asian girl's father doesn't want them coming home with a Spanish guy for the most part. Now, if come walking in the door somebody of anything else than what I figured they would gravitate to, but is a wonderful human being, I will be fine with it. But, but in its pure sense of purity and honesty, I think we all have a box that we don't even realize we kind of want to be in. And if you don't, so I think the younger generation, there's no such thing as that box. I think growing up in the 70s, a kid in the 80s, a, a, where we came from, I just think Italians' family stuck together, the Irish family stuck together, your religion stuck together. You're very much in your pattern of, I'm the, only, I'm the first guy in the history of the Crowley family to taint the, the pool because my wife's Italian. Let me repeat that. Of all the years on earth that there's been a history line of my family, the Irish kept screwing the Irish for some reason. So <laughs> it must be in my subconscious that this is how our bloodline works as well as every bloodline out there, okay? And I feel like if you feel this way, and it's just the honest up and up, that you're not racist. You're not against people. You just, you're just flocking to your own in a way. Now, I know that this society today, and I applaud them, they're way more open-minded, way more free, way more connected, way more uh, liberal than any other society that since I've been alive, and it's probably because they're evolving. However, they're the most sensitive, useless pussies on the planet because every little – they're not fighters. They hear the wrong word, they fall apart, man. And they're kids – that sit in the damn house, play games. They're not out playing wiffle ball. They're not out running around riding bikes with their friends and, and getting scrapes and doing this and experiencing right. life. They're a, been into a little fist fight with the kid down the block, and then the next day you're on the bus together and you make up, you know. It's an oversensitive, almost like caged society 
that everybody grows up in now due to this technology. And there's, I remember, a lot of, there's not enough face-to-face interaction. That's, that's a major, no. major issue. And I think that's prob- a problem with understanding people for who they are, why they make turns and twists. Because back in the day, you know, I, my phone was in the house. So if I went out on Saturday, unless you knew where I was, you were not contacting me or my family. You know, nowadays, you don't answer something back in five minutes. People think you're dead. And they're oh. going to text you. Or they think you're ignoring them. <laughs> yeah. And and then they have devices to know if you read something and then reply. It's insane. And yeah, I that drives you crazy, too. The rush to the, – the instant gratification of information, of goods, of intaking things, nobody stops to think about ideas. And here's – that's the kind of the thing with Hogan, that nobody is – taking this in, thinking about it, and putting it back out there. They're like, take him down, destroy him, kill him, hang him up, blah, blah, blah. Now, you said something. You know, I am using the word victim too much for Hogan because I love Hogan, and that's where I'm coming off as a hypocrite, I I think, because I'm saying I'm very focused on his freedom freedom of uh, privacy. He's the victim of that. The truth is Hulk Hogan's a victim of himself of the worst 48 hours of his life of bad decision-making. But, like I said, it wasn't yesterday. It was nine years ago, and it's well-documented the time he went through. He, he went on a million shows, on a million of book tours. Everybody talked to him. He, he was destroyed, and he's come back. And now we're taking him back there. That's what the, pro- the problem I have, man. Well, we, I, honestly, I, hope, I really hope that's not the case for his own personal you know, his own personal well-being, so to speak. But I'll be honest with you, I, I'm just as guilty because when – and you, know, you bring up a lot of good points and there's so much to get into, but when I first – you know, just to give you my own timeline of finding this information out, and, and in this information age, to get to a point you were getting at, it's almost like before you can process what's going on, you're hit with another story. So yeah. you can't even – evaluate what you're you're reading and then depending on where you're reading this information you're getting the writers or the media person's uh, opinion maybe not the facts which which is a major issue too but i woke up in the morning and it's my daily routine is probably like most people out there crazy as it sounds is the first thing i do is i reach over and I grab my cell phone. I check for text messages. I turn on Facebook. The whole thing. It's my daily routine. I probably get up 10 minutes earlier than I should for basically stupid shit like that. But I guess that's the uh, the time and day and age we live in. So I Facebook, and obviously being the wrestling fan that I am, I follow a lot of you know wrestling pages on Facebook. And probably the second or third post on Facebook is. Hulk Hogan wiped from WWE website. Now, again, knowing the information age you're in, is it true, is it not true? So you scroll down and you see it again and you see it again. Okay, see it four times, it's got to be true. Now, we don't know the reason why. Obviously, we're thinking it's bad. So my initial reaction is, while I'm at work, is to keep popping on my phone, keep popping on Facebook, keep popping on Twitter, to find out why. Now, I'm hoping it's not a case where, you know, 
there's so many things that can happen with, with these guys. And it, it almost desensitizes you because you're almost waiting for the next guy to have his fall from grace for, you know, beating his girlfriend or, God forbid, killing somebody like an Aaron Hernandez, which is extreme. I get it. But you never know. So you're trying to find out. You're trying to find out. And the first story I see is that Hogan said the same word, uh, which is his problem now, about The Rock and other, you know, bad things about The Rock. I'm not going to say what the article said because it's pretty bad. So I'm reading that. Now, the way you feel about Hogan is how I feel about The Rock. So my initial reaction is F. Hogan. He's he's dead to me. I, you're talking that way about The Rock. I'm I'm done with Hogan. I don't want to see him again. I don't want to know him again. You know the whole thing. So before I get to, and we're all guilty of it. Before you get the information, your reaction is that was my reaction. So I'm pissed off, and I actually got into it with friends of mine who are big Hogan marks, you know, and private messaging, and we're going back and forth. And I'm like, listen, if this is true, what is said here. Uh, I'm done with Hogan. I don't want to see him again. I don't, I don't care. I don't care what he did. I understand, and, and, and I don't say this lightly, he's he's probably the Babe Ruth of wrestling. Not probably, he is. Uh, but I don't care. I don't, want to, I, don't want, I don't want to know Hogan again. And then hmm. the other stuff comes out before I find out that all that Rock stuff was bullshit. Right. So now I'm like, not only is he talking crap about the Rock, now you reconfirmed racist comments and everything else. So now I'm really done with Hogan. Now I'm, I'm, and I, I listen. I reacted. I reacted to it differently from you because I'm not. A, I, I was never a big Hogan guy. So my reaction was, you know, f him. I'm done with him. And then you know, like I said, I'm I'm glad I'm glad we didn't have this conversation maybe uh, on Friday right. night because I was still at that point. I'm done with Hogan. But then when you reflect and you really get into the teeth of the issue and you know, you find out it was eight, nine years ago. You find out that the rock stuff was bullshit. You find out he was uh, recorded, maybe not against his will, but without his knowledge. Um, you really look at it, you say, you know what? You, you put yourself in that position. Is it really that bad? Oh, granted, it's bad. You, I mean, honestly, nobody wants to hear uh, their hero or, or, or a guy they look up to or even – you know, someone who's a public figure, use that kind of language. But get away from the hypocrisy, be human, look at the issue, and deal with it. Um, and you I know, just, he, he I just think he's a, victim, he's a victim of the climate of the country. And that's, that's my defense of Hogan. Um, but I also see it from WWE's side where they almost had to get out in front of it because it, it would be a windfall had they not. They're, they're about to go into their... Uh, biggest, you know, their second biggest programming of the year. They're building SummerSlam and to be bigger than it's ever been. Uh, do you want, uh, you know, people like Al Sharpton uh, having, uh, you know, picket lines out in front of SummerSlam? And you know, do you, you know, do you want the possibly the president of the country speaking out against uh, what you're doing? And maybe it's an overreaction but you almost can't blame them because they had to have a reaction. And they probably went a little too far. Um, I mean, to compare them to Chris Benoit is absolutely ludicrous. But I could see where the comparison comes in because you're like, why are you treating him like he's Chris Benoit? 
So I, I, I get that aspect. I get that aspect of it totally. But the the, the biggest thing for me is I, I like to see this be his only. You know, this was his his bad moment. It happened. It's over. Uh, again, we don't know if he can recover. I, I hope he can. If if this is the only issue, you know, again, we'll see. Well, that's my fear. I feel that um, there's more coming. I just it just feels that way. The way it it could be that all this in an actual audio tape was like a minute, but when they release it slow and little chirps and this and that little articles makes it sound like a novel of crap, right? What could be just a few minutes on a tape? They're releasing as if this is like a ridiculous, long drawn out thing, and my fear is that something else is on there. It's going to keep snowballing on him. I personally feel he's completely done with the WWE. Just because time, age, and what's where we are, I just don't see it coming back. Now, the WWE, like I told you, uh, I would have been fine with a, a suspension and or a sabbatical or, you know, the way things work. The erasement, no. But here's the thing to me, and those of you listening, and especially if you have WWE stock, it makes me livid and nuts. And I have some stock, in, uh, and, and, you know, luckily it wasn't truly out of line. Before all this came, pardon the pun, crashing down, it is well known. It's all over the place. People in the WWE... So the uh, cool down with AC doesn't get sued here. I'll say names that you could guess, you know the names, emptied a lot of their stock Wednesday, Thursday, when they knew this was coming before it was all announced out there. Now, unless I'm completely brain dead, that could be completely called insider trading, which sent Martha Stewart to jail. Knowing Something overtly could affect stock. Knowing this, getting the hell out of it before it becomes public and trying to you know, save some of your money, that's absolutely inappropriate and horseshit. And there's some big names. Go Google it, everybody. We know who they are. You see them on TV every damn week. That it's well said that they were shorting stock because they're preparing for what's about to happen. And what was about to happen is, so far, this disgrace from Hogan, which it's a disgrace, even though I, how I feel about it, is in the $50 million range of hurting already by pulling the merch, of racing him, uh, you know, how far they're going to pull him. You could still spend nine ninety nine people to see Hogan, of course, because the WWE will take the money that way. But they had no, no network without Hogan. You, the shit that they'd have to race would be astronomical. But they got in and took out for their rainy days. Did you get out of the stock before the Hogan no, no, uh, news came out? I didn't. Okay, my stock did go down a little bit. It didn't plummet. Who knows what else is coming? That stock could even not go even further down. It ain't going up. The fact of the matter is that people went in and took money out of that stock. I, I'm, I, if I was Hogan, I hope he took his money out of there. But that is disgusting to me. They already know what they're going to do. They didn't announce it to anybody. And here they are, thieves in the night, taking their money out, man. Now, 
hey, I can't blame him. You got some bad news coming. But that's, that is just as disgusting to me as anything Hogan has done here. The fact is, Hogan hurt nobody but himself. Here, you're affecting people's money and faith and, and, and uh, belief in the stock. You're hurting people in the pockets for your own self-gain to get around this bullshit. So, to me, it, it's a money grab. AC everywhere, man. It's yeah, hard, it's a, it's hard it, to get around it. It's, it's mind-boggling. Yeah, that I mean that's just total bullshit. I mean that's just that's just um, let's get it out. Let's get the money out of there. Wait a day, and then then we'll you know we'll we'll levy the hammer, so to speak. Which I mean, I mean if all that plays in the you know plays out, uh, you'd hope the proper authorities would uh, would definitely yeah, I look into that. that. And you know to speak to that point, uh, you know Hogan knew this stuff was out there. I understand it was supposed to be uh, sealed, uh, not released by law, whatever, you know, whatever agreements or whatever. You know, I hate to get into legal mumbo-jumbo, but you'd almost wish that at some point, and, and not Hogan himself because you, you never want to put yourself in a bad way, but you almost, he, he's got to have PR people. He's got, you know, you almost wish that somebody would have said, listen, we know this is out there. Let's get out in front of it. Let's get it out there. You know, had he come out, and I understand it's asking an awful lot to ask him to do this, and I get that. But had he come out in some way, shape, or form and basically said, you know, when I was at my low point, uh, you know, I, I said some things. I obviously, obviously I didn't know I was being recorded, but I was. Um, it's, it's, it doesn't speak to my character. It was a low point in my life. It was this, it was that, this, you know, blah, blah, blah. Um, maybe, uh, maybe it's not such a story now. It would have been a story. I get it. But maybe it, maybe there's, there's a quicker forgiveness, uh, in, in total society on that. And And a lot of people don't get out in front of this stuff. And I, it's, it's a difficult thing and I get that. But you almost wish, knowing it was out there, that he would have done that. Mm. Because let's face it, uh, whether a court says it shouldn't be out out there or not means absolute crap in this day and age. Again, because it's a cash thing. Somebody's always getting paid. You know, you got the TMZs of the world who who pay top dollar for information, and they're very good at what they do. They get the information. And, and I mean, you know this as well as I do. There's very few times that uh, a TMZ or somebody of that nature releases something and they have to retract. And even when they do, nobody gives a shit because it's already out there. But for the most part, you know, they don't release things unless they know it's, it's a fact. And, you know, I, I brought this up with other people too. And uh, I'm Ken and Dave with Ken and Dave last night, you know, you know, Jason Giambi um, back, you know, how many years ago it was now, 10 years ago or whatever it was, went in front of a grand jury and, basically admitted to everything he was doing and he got destroyed in the media for he was vilified um treated probably worse than any other steroid steroid person other than alex rodriguez was treated basically for telling the truth in a situation where that was never supposed to be released and it got released right you would almost you would almost think that these pr people who are supposed to be these smart 
you know, we know what's coming and all this other crap. You would think, and, and, and they're quick to take these guys' money. You would almost think they would say, you know, somebody that went to Harvard or wherever the hell they go would say, if this gets out there, we're creamed, we're cooked. Maybe we should get out in front of this thing. Maybe, we, you know, more than a press release. You know, you would think at the end of the day, had, had somebody done this, and, and maybe it just takes one person doing it, and, and, and then it would be wildfire, so to speak, and then people would be more accepting of, um, you know, errors in judgment. But you'd almost think that getting out in front of it and, you know, making amends before – because I think, I think the problem with apologies and, – and Hogan's apology was, was well thought out, and I thought it was pretty good. But the problem is people look at it, the people that are going are gonna to destroy Hogan and don't want to hear from him are going to say, well, you apologize now because you got caught or because it's out there. And, and the biggest criticism is going to be, if you were really so upset that this happened and you felt so bad about it, why didn't you apologize before we knew about it? And, again, it's asking a lot, but you almost wish, you know, maybe, uh, maybe in colleges out there who, you know, they want, to teach, they want to teach people to think for themselves and, you know, go against the grain and, you know, maybe change society a little bit. Maybe that's what they should be teaching. Uh, instead of waiting for the hammer to come down and you get out in front of it, you know, apologize before you're caught type of thing. It becomes like the Seahawks. Why didn't they run the ball? Why did they pass it? A Monday morning quarterback situation this this becomes, you know. like It's like no matter what you do, you're going when they want to get you, they're going to get you. Absolutely. And, 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 you know, so I'm sure smart lawyers said, you know, Hogan, I think we can seal this up. This, don't worry about it. I mean, blah, blah, blah. At the same time, Hogan was probably, he was, you know, was very broke. And getting that uh, deal from Vince again, uh, you know, even if it went eight years and this was coming one day, he needed the money, so... You know, he had to play ball to get get himself working again and all that. Right, is he is he back in WWE if this is all before he gets the contract? I get that too. You know, so I tell you what, you know, I personally believe Hulk Hogan's done, and and that's hard for me, but I I really believe it. I I, I whatever way he comes back in the world, he's done with the WWE forever, and and that's so hard to take. That's hard. And then the other part of it is. I can be honest and say, if this became a series of things, as you said, and now we got tape from this error, from this error, here he is in the locker room, you know, ripping Mr. T the night before WrestleMania. Right. I have no problem saying, oh, my God, this guy is an insane racist. I, I didn't feel the way the others do. And say, I, I had to dissociate myself. This has been a lie that I bought into, and I would really be pissed and sort of want out of that. But at this point in time, what this has done to me, which is also bothering me, I feel like wrestling now, and this is reactionary, of course, is like toast without butter. It, it's just, it's not the same. And like I was trying to watch TNA and Ring of Honor and uh, and a few other things in Raw that the other night, and it's on. And here we are on sixteen forty PWPR the home of pro wrestling podcast radio and more. And I thank you. And I thank Joe white and whoever else I'm going to do shows with. I, I didn't do the King fire show this week because 
honestly, and, and this is, maybe it's pathetic because I'm 42 years old. I don't know. I don't, when I do my show, I go down into my basement in my man cave to the studio. I turn off the lights very low. I can see out into the sky, uh, you know, have a few beers. And I just enjoy just becoming intimate with those who I'm talking to in a way. And, and just having it, ha, getting to that vibe as if you're listening to any W, you know, or rock, classic rock back in, you know, when you were a kid at 2 a.m. in the morning and it's just a guy there drinking coffee or what have you and he's talking almost directly to you. And I am almost afraid, as much as I hate to say this and it pathetically say it, to be alone with my mic to talk about Hulk Hogan because I, I just feel when I take this journey through all this, every time I feel I defended Hogan and I feel good about what I said and I feel that he's being shook down and, and fucked over, then the, 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 the roller coaster comes back to the start and it's Hulk Hogan's doing. He put himself in a series of bad decisions, said the worst shit you could have, and his friend taped this shit on him, and it was like, how the hell? You can't get any worse scenario than this. This is the worst scenario in the world. And then I think about the people that cannot, are affected by him through the fact that they believe he's a complete racist, and I just feel so lost. I really do. And, like, the wrestling, like, you know, like I said, I'm going to come back around, but it just, it just, wrestling just feels, you know, like when a kid is playing with their toys and action figures, and then as a boy, all of a sudden, he throws the shit down because now he's into chasing girls. It feels very much the same way, in a way, like, man, wrestling's kind of stupid. If Hulk Hogan has is, is been erased and it's not real, and you can't walk out in a Hogan t-shirt without second-guessing yourself, and I can't look at my man cave wall here uh, at, you know, Hulk Hogan signed Sports Illustrated cover and feel like, or I was at, you know, my daughter's had like a birthday weekend with family and stuff. And my family and friends I have been around, of course, they're all talking to me as if I'm Hulk Hogan's wife, right? And like, it, just trying to say, oh, yeah, he's in trouble. But, um, you know, it's more to the story. It, when you say it's more a story, you come off as the biggest moron asshole, and I'm aware of that. And I, I think it just sucks that I feel like I'm a moron asshole for trying to talk about Oko and defend him here. And I thank you for having me on here because it, it's enjoyable to work through all this. But at the same time, it's like that song, The Day the Music Died. For me, wrestling is something I, I feel like I feel like I lost, like, my right arm. Like, I'm still alive. I'm still a person. I'm still functional. But I don't have this anymore. And God damn it, it does not feel good. And and now I'm afraid, I'm going to be honest with you, AC, I'm afraid to truly become mad at Hogan and truly step back as a non-Hogan wrestling fan and look this straight up as if this was, you know, a baseball player that I didn't give two shits about or a rock singer, and go, what a fucking idiot, that's dumb. Because that's probably the right response, and I, I'm mad at myself for not being capable of that response, because this is just like a, a nightmare. And it, the fact that I'm just a fan, and it's a nightmare for me, people have to understand that some people had Mickey Mantle, 
Some had John Wayne. I had Hulk Hogan. And and the fundamentals of what he was preaching in, in out there do work in life. So I'm so grateful that through this silly fucking sport with men in spandex and living out stories and people that are acting like they're from the jungle or the missing link and the most insane things you can think of, there is actually being told a wonderful message in life that I bought in. And it worked for me, man. It, everything I got is because, wait, granted, I had a good life with my parents. They raised me well. I, I'm glad what they taught me I've carried over to my life. But the fact of the matter is you get a lot from outside sources in your life. And this thing helped shape me, and I just feel like, holy shit, I told, if I'm supposed to drive to Texas, I went the wrong way, and I'm up in Canada. It's how I feel, and god damn, it don't feel good, man. Well, did I lose you? Oh, you there? Oh, there you are. Oh, no, I was saying, I, I, I get that. I get where you're coming from. Um, like I said before, the, the Rock's my guy. So if the Rock had a fall from grace, it would probably uh, it, it would probably tear me up a little bit, to be honest with you. I, 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 w- I would definitely say that. And the, the crazy part about it is, man, like, and it kind of feeds off the way you're talking about is, I almost I almost separate wrestling in a way where, I have my I have my indies, which you know I'm a huge fan of, and I go to a lot of shows, and I love it. And it's it, wrestling for me is like my escape from reality. It's 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 my entertainment. It's it's you know where I get away from daily life, which is great. But in some ways, um, I, I separate wrestling and almost the three categories, where you have the WWE, which is obviously like the pinnacle, and it's like the uh, the A-list movie. And then, you know, you have your Ring of Honor and your I'm not a big TNA guy, but it's out there. And, you know, I'm, you know, dabbling into New Japan and hopefully Global Force and things of that nature. Then I have my indies. So I almost don't let an issue like that affect how I feel about, like, a Ring of Honor or my indie stuff. But I got to be honest with you, watching Raw, there was a different feel to it because it was almost like, you know, are they serious right now? They're not even, and I understand they're, they're distancing themselves from Hogan and they're doing all that stuff, but not even a mention of it. And 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 that shit promo they caught in the beginning of the show, which I thought was shit. And I, the show wasn't terrible. There was good matches, and I, I got into all that earlier. But it was almost like it's a day of firsts and a day of firsts and the first thing, this first, that first. And, you know, we're going to usher in a new era because Hogan, you know, said what he said and it came out. So we're going to do that today. Yeah, you know, we our whole basis for SummerSlam is is bringing back uh, somebody who's ancient. <laughs> so yeah. I, I know we took a step back last week, but this week it's a, it's first, it's new. We're you know we're we're bringing in ushering in the new era. And it's almost like we're going to cut a promo in the beginning of the show to distance ourselves from our past. But our whole basis for SummerSlam was bringing back the past. So almost like it gets into that insulting thing where they they almost insult you as a fan where instead of – 
and you know, I brought up Hogan getting out in front of it. It's almost them where why don't you even deal with the issue at all? I'm not saying you got to spend 20 minutes on it. I'm not saying you got to even spend five. Um, you know, like you said, Vince coming out. Why can't Raw open with Vince sitting behind the desk saying, you know, we're deeply saddened and hurt by what happened, but, uh, you know, we have to deal with it, and you know, we, we don't condone what Hogan said, but uh, we could be there for him in, in, in some supportive way, but we got to move on and, you know, you know, like their statement of, uh, you know, we're, we're, we have fans of all races and cultures and creeds and nationalities and everything else. You know, having having the, the leader of the WWE come out and, and almost say something and deal with the issue would have been better than the crap they feed you. And I understand it's a show and all that other stuff, but... It, it, it's real. It, it's real in a way to a lot of people because it is their escape, and it's obviously real to people just based on all the support that it's, all my friends that are Hogan fans like you have been like broken up about this, like broken up, like like it was their own brother or or the father or something. You know what I mean? And when you see a uh, passion like that in people, to not even touch the issue. Yeah. Again, it's it's insulting and it's it's almost sad to a way. And I, I have a lot. I, I mean, if you listen to my show last week, I have a ton of issues with WWE right now, and it almost just plays into their their overall uh, way of of dealing with wrestling as a whole, and it, which which just absolutely drives you crazy. You know, I got in there earlier with with you know they're they're almost trying to shoot down Ring of Honor before they do before they even become become a competitor. They, they want to get rid of them. And, it, you know, it drives me crazy. Like, the last thing you want to do is have stress or, or some kind of, like, something that keeps you up at night in what's supposed to be your, your escape from reality. Which is why, I, I'll be honest with you, if WWE, and, and I'll say this to anybody, and I, I've said it before this whole issue, if WWE was the goal away tomorrow, I'd still be a fan of pro wrestling. Because the Indies are still going to be there, the Ring of Honors are still going to be there, and I'm going to get my wrestling somewhere. And as much as I love the WWE and it got me into wrestling, if it went away, I'm not so sure I'd be that broken up about it. It's it's scary to think about, but that's almost how I feel. Yeah, I I know what you mean. Like, uh, but first off, I just it just occurred to me: 31 years of my life, I've watched Hulk Hogan in some form. He's entertained me. He's been there. Now, I'm a huge Greg Nettles and Don Manley guy for baseball. Mm-hmm. They've been around in my front of me for 31 years. You know, Larry Bird in basketball, I love the guy. He wasn't around 31 years in my life. Or in football, Emmett Smith, or whoever else. You know, I, my walls, I'm a big Jack Clark fan, and Goose Gossage, and Dave Kingman, and, you know, it's just like... Uh, Evil Knievel. There are very few things in 31 years have been out there that entertain me. It is more than all of that for all those years. I was 12 when I discovered him, and now I'm 43 almost. It's just like that is is where it hits hard. But, you know, I'm the same way as you. It used to be where I would break out in hives almost if I did not record a wrestling show. Um, I was a guy who tape traded. Then I would put everything on DVD. 
in this era of DVR, where some like I can't figure out how to record on a separate recorder DVR, but at the same time, there's no purpose to it anymore. No one collects DVDs, so it came to a point where I wasn't weekly recording everything or saving it anymore. I have a closet full of from 1980 to today, uh, or to like the late uh, early 2000s videotapes of every show and everything you can ever imagine. And now they just sit there and because it, that's how much I loved wrestling. But if the WWE closed shop tomorrow, I'm the same way as you because when I go to Jersey All-Pro Wrestling and I'm sitting uh, one foot from the ring where I'm a vendor for them and I'm, I'm selling magazines and I got my table and I'm there before the show and I'm taking it all in, I have a way better time than I do sitting up in the bleachers at a WWE show anyway. At any indie show, for that matter, and like, I I find that re- I, I I have no problem if they go away. I'm the same as you, but I feel now like this Hogan thing makes me a different type of fan. It's just like it's something I like, and and maybe I don't I won't feel this way in a couple of weeks, but from absolutely loving wrestling, I've come down a couple of notches from this for now. It just it just it's just all too hard to take at the moment, but. You know, at the same time, as soon as I see someone bleeding to death on, like, Lucha Libre, I'll be fine. <laughs> or right, you know, right, right. some other show. Well, let me say one more thing here. And Absolutely. The last thing I meant to say. There's never been a bigger supporter over the last 13 years of TNA than myself. I always highlight the positives and, and, and have been fighting for them in this world of wrestling where everybody's out to destroy them for a lot of various reasons. But they were so quick to take down Hogan from their website and take down whatever merch they have been selling of him and just associate themselves from Hogan. It got me so irate with TNA even more than WWE because a company that should be more focused on themselves not being erased forever which until they find another station, they're in a lot of danger of. Uh, to take time out of that, and their company that's all in fucking trouble, to make a point of telling you that Hogan wasn't working for you anyway right now, but to make a point to say that you're associating yourself with Hogan too, uh, I, that really, uh, really was ridiculous. And I'll be really crapping on TNA for a while for that. I just thought that was such a shit move. You had no reason. <laughs> tell anyone you're disassociating from Hogan because you weren't associating with him at the moment. So it didn't even matter. Yeah, it makes me laugh because the last thing, I, I'll be honest with you, when I read that too, I was almost like, did, did anybody know they were still selling Hogan merch? I, I and you know, me, who would have bought it, had no clue. Had no clue right. that it was sounded. Right, I mean, they, they almost brought themselves into it by doing that. You know, I, you know, and people saying that uh, WWE made it a bigger story by doing what they did. DNA, why, why even get, why even associate yourself with it at all, and just leave the situation alone and go on about your business, however, however you do about that. Before I let you go, I want to bring up this point to you. I, I, I'm just curious to hear your thoughts really quick. Um, you know, we're talking about wrestling and you know the differences between Indies and WWE and Ring of Honor and all that stuff. And I find it interesting because my daughter got into wrestling through WWE, um, but she's much more of an indie fan and a Ring of Honor fan than she is a WWE fan. Well, half the time I think she just watches WWE, 
even the pay-per-views just because we do it together. Right. You know, and, which which is pretty sad when you think about it. And she was asked in her wrestling class uh, last week um, something about working for WWE, and she and this, none of this came from me. This is her own words. Her own words were this. I don't want to work for WWE. I'd I'd be happy with working for Ring of Honor. There you go. Proud That's dad. the youth. That's the youth right there. You know. Well, you know why it is. It's very simple. When if you go to a WWE show, unless you're going to shout ridiculous money to sit front row, and okay, and it's not if it's a television show like Raw, it is so damn boring to be there live with all the times it stops all the great things on the camera. It, it is awful. And if you're going to a WWE house show, which is a lot of fun, actually, that's not taped, people, they work good guy versus bad guy, old school style like that, hot tags, things like that. Uh, mm-hmm. The audience is not used to that, and they're bored by it because they're used to the flash shit that they do on TV. Right. But if you go to Ring of Honor, and you go to TNA, even I'll say, or a Jersey All Pro Wrestler, any indie fed, it could be three people or 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 two thousand. The crowd's all into it. You have exposure to the wrestlers and, and access to them. You That's have, the biggest thing right there. It's very inclusive for you to fan to feel part of it. You feel appreciated. You can afford the merchandise. You can afford to sit front row or in the bleachers and take all the pictures you want get around, you're going to have a fantastic time. So a family of four with kids, are you going to spend $600 at a WWE event? Or how about spending $150 sitting front row at any in the event and getting your merch and your food and seeing the wrestlers? You're going to have a damn good time. It's simple as that. Absolutely. I agree. And I agree with you a thousand percent. And there's something to be said for, you know, when you're buying, you know, when you're buying a guy's T-shirt and he, uh, you know, he get, you know, for a, a kid or whatever, he gives you a hug and takes a photo with you and talks to you for five seconds after that. It goes a, re- a really long way. And, you know, I hope these smaller companies like Ring of Honor and Global Force are able to find their way ju- to maybe stay afloat in the regular TV market to get more viewers, but... You almost don't want to see them lose that aspect where a lot of their talents on that indie scene, because I think with with, with the hard with the hardcore wrestling fan and and the youth that's involved in that, uh, them seeing that and more of that intimate intimate um, you know int- that intimate way, um, I, I think it's a it's a different thing and it's it's pretty cool, you know. I get that the the people that the kids that don't go to any shows, you know, they they love their John Cena and all that, and I'm a Cena fan too. But that the entertainment value and the intimacy of the indie scene, um, it, it, I can't, I, I almost can't express it enough. You know, I'm a big advocate for it, and I tell anybody, you know, listen, if you don't like what's going on in the WWE, you can find your wrestling. So I, I think the biggest thing is just go out there and do it. You know. Yeah, I agree with you. I definitely agree with that. And if you're listening uh, right now to the show here on 1640 PWPR, uh, let me put over my good buddy. This is the cool down at AC. Damn good show. I'm proud of you, my friend. 
Uh, and those of you may listening for the first time, listened before, you know, I want to thank you for giving me uh, time tonight on here because it's very therapeutic for me. But uh, you definitely need to go check out any event. Bring your family with you or yourself or your buddies. And you have a fantastic time. It's it's. I, I dare anyone to call me and tell me that they don't, and I'd love to know why. But um, this was, um, in all the years I've been podcasting, in all the years I've been a wrestling fan, I never, ever, 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 in my wildest imaginations or craziest nightmares, would ever think that today's topic is the fall of Hulk Hogan. And I still quite think I'm in a dream, a bad dream, because I cannot believe this. It just, it just like, it's, oh my God, it's just unbelievable. It's unbelievable. And uh, it's hard to care about anything after that uh, when it comes to, you know, your family, your job, obviously. But I'm just saying, when it comes to your favorite rock band or people or comics or things, it's just like things that you dug and you're into for your distraction of life. Man, it just feels all all just broken at the moment. And that's how I feel a little bit, a little bit broken. But, uh, you know, there's other good things out there and wrestling will survive. It just sucks. <laughs> Absolutely, dude. And I, I honestly, I, I, I censure her, I censure pain. And, um, you know, it sucks. But, you know, I'm, I'm going to use your own words too, man. Just hook up and move on and, yeah. You know, let's let's just see how it plays out. And you know, listen, it's it's one of those things where um, it's probably it's probably better to uh, happen it happen to you or happen to us in a way at, a, at an adult age where we can process this stuff. And you know, could you just imagine being that kid who, you know, like let, let's say that happened, this thing happened to John Cena, <laughs> you know, right now they're. I mean, there'd be 10 million kids crying to their daddy. And, you know, could you imagine being that father trying to explain it? So maybe it's almost better as adults where we can almost process it it ourselves in a way. As much as it sucks, you know, it's almost like, you know, I'd rather have it it happen to the adult us than uh, the youth, so to speak. Yeah, you know, it's just funny, like... um... Yeah, you know, we did these roundtables on 1640 where we were pitching rebooks and, you know, each show host is going to do something and go along. And I'm just thinking the scenarios that won on the nights we did it or had Hogan involved for the most part, how fun is it going to be when we get to the, doing stuff like that again, something in wrestling and you want to put over Hogan for this or that, for whatever subject? It just feels so – it's just the Hogan's fault, obviously – it just feels so tainted, so odd. I just gonna have to go watch a bunch of Stan Hansen videos the next couple of weeks. I think. <laughs> right, it's almost like it's almost like do you want to go there? Do people want to hear you rebooking Hogan at this point? I I, I, could, I, yeah. I definitely see how that could uh, that could yeah. be deflating because some some of the best uh, rebooks we went over had to do with Hogan. I mean, the, he the the history that the guy's involved in. It's just. You know, they could take them off the Hall of Fame website, but they can't. They can't take. They can't take. You know what we experienced away from us. Um, again, you hope that it was just that one or two day period, and you know uh, he was in a tough spot and you know a bad place in life, and 
You know, you hope it doesn't turn out to be that the the guy that allegedly said these things on that tape is the guy, you know, the, the everyday Hogan. Um, I don't think it's the case. You hope not. We'll see how it plays out. But, um, you know, again, I just hope that let the tri- I know they're trickling it out for us right now, and it almost is making it worse than it is, which sucks, but... Let's just hope it's it's you get past this and then you know whether he comes back to WWE or he doesn't you know maybe maybe it's just a sense where history and 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 the fans judge him and not necessarily the uh, the corporation that is the WWE. But dude, listen, I awesome stuff. I'm I'm glad you uh, I'm glad you're able to do this with me. Um, it, it, it's almost better to tackle this issue with somebody than on your own. You know. Yeah. Yeah, to try to just talk about it and give your commentary on it without without a, a back and forth would have probably sucked. And you know, when I when I first thought I was doing doing this because of what I said before with the rock and everything, I thought it was going to end up being a debate, and it's all, it was almost just like a uh, a cool conversation, which is cool, which was I thought just as good. So again, thank you for coming on. I appreciate it. Anytime, man, and uh, I definitely come back when we can, uh, talk fun things in wrestling because. Uh, my legacy appearing on the AC, the Cool Down Show. I don't want to be with the bad Hulk Hogan vibes. I want to come back and talk good things. But thanks for having me, man. Continued success for you. I love the show. I love your MMA takes. And those of you listening, 1640 PWPR, whatever your opinion is, we love to hear it. You can tweet us at 1640 PWPR, at N J O U812 at AC Cooldown 1640. Go on our, our Facebook page, dot com, backslash 1640PWPR. And uh, tell us what you think about Hogan, you know? And if you think I'm in left field, maybe, uh, you know, maybe we'll have to plan a show where we open the phone lines and start planting the seeds and hear everybody's feelings. But because uh, we just don't feel like this is by next weekend is going to die unless someone else in the world really screws up big time. <laughs> Hopefully. Well, you, this day and age, you never, you, you never know what's going to come about. And again, I think you... Some people, maybe that will come around. <laughs> <laughs> you, 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 you never, never know. Once again, good buddy King Firehawk, thanks for coming on. This is AC. We're going to take a short break. We'll get to some final thoughts, maybe lighten the mood a little bit. Maybe add a little comedy. We'll see what happens. We'll be right back after this. All right, later, man. Later, brother.